Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's Talking Sports with Evan. For those that were looking forward to our live stream that I do, I do apologize for not being able to get the live stream going, having some issues with uh, the Wi-Fi at my place here today. I'm not able to get into the live stream, and I do want to bring you a show. So I'm doing an audio version that will be posting anywhere podcasts are found. You can always find me on Twitter at Evan with Sports or on Facebook, Talking Sports with Evan. So lots to discuss, lots to talk about, lots to go over. The Super Bowl is set. The Bengals and the Rams, the winners of the NFC and AFC championship games. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Some coaching positions are filling up in the NFL. going to give my thoughts on the hires in those situations. And where do the Green Bay Packers go from here? Um, The Packers have a lot of salary cap issues that they have to go through, but the Packers can bring back a competitive team. And there's two articles that I'm going to share and discuss and give my thoughts on um, and kind of explain how the Packers can go along with getting uh, their guys to stay and stick around. Um, I... Also, we'll touch base a little bit on the lawsuit being filed um, by the uh, Brian Flores, the former coach of the Miami Dolphins. He got terminated after two consecutive winning seasons and allegedly um, allegedly uh, was up, supposed to be up for the Giants job, interviewing for it, and it turned out that the job was already decided on before he... He showed back to uh, before she, he uh, he showed you know he uh, showed up to interview. He ended up going through the interview anyways. And I know a bunch of people are wondering the why. If you already knew you weren't getting it, why do the interview? I have a thought on that too. So, with that said, before I do go into the show, um, one positive thing I want to share this week: um, Herbert Davis. He is a Milwaukee police officer. He got called to do a wellness check. Um, guy was slumped over in his car. He got asked to do a wellness check. He he goes and does the wellness check, and he gets shot. Um, he, officer Herbert Davis, also a Cincinnati Bengal fan. Um, Bengals win the AFC Championship title game over the Kansas City Chiefs. They come back down 21-10 at halftime to win it in overtime on a field goal. And he wants to go to the Super Bowl, and his family uh, started a GoFundMe account to try to raise tickets, uh, money for tickets, for him to be able to go to the Super Bowl to watch his Cincinnati Bengals for just, you know, in the Super Bowl. And it's the Bengals' third time in their franchise history that they're in the Super Bowl, second time, uh, First time since 1988 when they lost to the 49ers to the Joe Montana-led 49ers. So the station I, I work at, I'm a weekend producer. Um, you know, i pretty low on the totem pole there being a weekend producer, but I enjoy working for them. And in situations like this is why I enjoy, um, why I enjoy working for WTMJ. Wisconsin Afternoon News with John Mulkeet Merkier and uh, company, they brought Herbert Davis on. And Steve Wetzler, CEO of 
Good Karma Brands, the company that owns uh, the vice president of Good Karma Brands, the company that owns 620 WTMJ. He came on and he uh, let Officer Herbert Davis know that he is now be getting two tickets to the Super Bowl thanks to Good Karma Brands and 620 WTMJ, but he's also getting his airfare paid for and also getting $2,000 to spend while he's out in L.A. He might be able to get a hat for that, I guess, at the game. But either way, he is going to L.A. to the Super Bowl, and it's it's moments like this is why I'm proud to be part of Good Karma Brands and 620. Um, if you want to see the full story, you want to hear the interview, you can follow 620WTMJ on Twitter at 620WTMJ, or you can go to WTMJ.com and you can find uh, find the stories there. And it's a very great story, and that is my positive thing that I want to share. Um, going into the weekend, um, he's a guy who's just doing his job, uh, never know what's going to happen, uh, you know, day to day, and he gets shot, and... You know, I'm glad he gets to go watch the uh, the Bengals in the Super Bowl. And with that, I'll be, you know, cheering for the Bengals to get the win. And that's also where I'm going to start. The NFC and AFC Championship games. I'm going to start with the AFC Championship game. Kind of give my analyst there. I'm not going to go into, go over the stats and the data. We're almost a week from it. You, you all know the, the data. You all know the stats. But what I will talk about in the game is it was kind of a tale of two hats, halves um, with the Chiefs, the 27-24 victory by the Bengals over the Chiefs. It, it was kind of a tale of two halves. Um, the first half, it looked like it was going to be a total rout. Um, the Chiefs jumped out to a, a 21-3 lead in the game. Uh, Burrow had an interception. The Bengals couldn't get anything going offensively, um, and it just and they couldn't stop uh, Patrick Mahomes' defense on the defensive side at all. It looked like the Chiefs were going to cruise to victory. That changed on one play. To me, you know, to me, this was the swinging point of the game. The Chiefs are at the two, or like the two yard line with five. With, with uh, less than 10 seconds to go, no timeouts. I don't think they had any timeouts. The Chiefs, rather than kicking the field goal, they're going to take one last shot at the end zone. Let's take one last shot, which I don't have a problem with taking that last shot. Uh, because if you score a touchdown there, it's now 28-3 to going in, uh, 28 to 10, I'm sorry, going into the locker room. You kick a field goal, it's 20, 24 to 10, and it's, you know, you could still, there's still, the door's still slightly open. So they try to score. And if you don't have anything open, just throw it away out of the back of the end zone and set up for the uh, the field goal. Instead, the, the end zone's covered, and you have Tyree Kill who's a speedster. He's called the cheetah for a reason, but he's not going to run you over. Uh, he's on a little uh, horizontal play about uh, three yards from the end zone, four yards from the end zone. Mahomes throws it out to him. He gets stopped by, I think it was Eli Apple and another Bengal player. Short of the goal line, short of the end zone. Now the half is over. It's halftime, 
and it's 21 to 10 instead of 24 10 or 28 to 10. To me, that was the changing point in that game. It gave the Bengals an ounce of hope. The defense finally stopped Mahomes. And in the second half, the uh, Bengals outscored, uh, outscored Kansas City, scoring 11 points in the third quarter, three in the fourth, and three in overtime. And the Chiefs were only able to manage three points in the fourth quarter. And the Bengals' defense played outstanding in the second half. Um, they decided, and this is risky to do, and I was critical of this on Twitter, especially in the first half. You're not going to beat Mahomes by rushing three and expecting him to make a mistake. The the Chiefs were too good offensively to make it happen. But as I usually am, especially according to one of my friends, as I usually am, I'm wrong. Um, And the Bengals did just that. They rushed typically three guys at Mahomes. And I, I don't know what was going on in Mahomes' head, but in the second half, especially after the interception that set up the touchdown to make it twenty-one to uh, make it twenty-one to seventeen after the interception, Mahomes' first interception to a defensive lineman of all people, it's like Mahomes kept looking for the home run. He kept sitting in the pocket, sitting in the pocket, sitting in the pocket, looking, 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 not looking to check it down, not looking underneath, not looking for just get the ball out and get some yards. It's like he was looking for a home run. And I don't know if it was the the play calling from Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, or if it was Patrick Mahomes, as we refer to Aaron Rodgers often, trying to play hero ball. But instead, he's just sitting there in the pocket, moving around a bit, trying to be a hero. And it didn't work. Um, the drive in the third quarter, the Cincinnati, I mean, Kansas City Chiefs, Kicked a field goal to tie it up at 24-all. They had a chance to score a touchdown. And Mahomes took a couple sacks. And he was running all over the place, grabbing for his life, rather than just throwing it short and getting some positive yards. He was trying to be a hero ball. And ended up taking a couple sacks and made a very difficult, made a field goal extremely difficult for his kicker. And we went into overtime. In overtime, throws it to double coverage. And yeah, the Bengals made a nice play at the ball. But he throws it into double coverage. It gets intercepted. Cincinnati kicks a game-winning field goal in overtime. And the Bengals, who hadn't won a playoff game since 1992, now won their third to get into the Super Bowl. And Joe Burrow, I... I, I didn't think when I did my show last week, I, I didn't think the Bengals were quite quite ready to take that jump. I didn't think they were. Offensive line is horrible in Cincinnati. But Burrow was able to move around a bit and keep things alive and make some plays down the field. T. Higgins had a great game. Jamal Chase didn't have a huge impact. The Chiefs were doing what they could to slow him down. Guess what? T. Higgins had a big game. And that was after a couple couple big drops, key drops early by Higgins. He hung it together and ended up getting the win. And I'll admit I'm wrong. I was wrong with the, with the Bengals. I was wrong. I, I didn't think Burrow and company, I didn't think they'd beat the Chiefs. I felt that they're still a year or two away from being a legit AFC contender 
and you see these Cinderella teams every year in the NFL make these magical runs, and every so often they they make that jump into the Super Bowl. But Packers in 2010, they were kind of the underdog going into the playoffs, and they made that magical run to get to the Super Bowl and on the, every game on the road and get the win. The Bengals, I thought, were going to fall short. We saw the New Orleans Saints uh, lose to the Bears in the NFC Championship game in Sean Payton's first year because they just weren't quite ready. But I think it was the next year they ended up winning it. So, but I was wrong. And as I mentioned just not that long ago, I'm wrong. I'm, I'm obviously wrong a lot. I, I guess I'll admit that. Um, I got both AFC and NFC title game predictions wrong. Um, so, yeah, I am wrong a lot. I am wrong often. I thought the Badgers were going to improve their rankings in the NCAA recruiting. I was wrong. I'll get into that a little bit later on, but I was wrong. And I'm, I'm often wrong. And, you know, I'm just giving an opinion. And I guess uh, my opinion was wrong this time. But... Congrats to the Bengals on getting to the Super Bowl. I'm excited to see them in the Super Bowl. Um, now, will they win? I don't know. Um, I will get into that next week on the why I feel they may not. But that that's for next week's show. And I'm sure whatever I say is, is going to happen, whatever opinion I give on the game, whatever thoughts I give on the game, I'm about 98% sure the exact opposite will happen, and I'll be wrong because that's normally what happens. So, you know, with that, I should probably just change the name of the show the, to the wrong show. But anyways, the other game, Rams versus the 49ers, another game I was wrong on. I thought the 49ers were going to get the win. Um, Kyle Shanahan seemed to have Sean McVay's number. Um Beat them twice earlier this season. Came from behind to beat them to get to the playoffs. And if the Rams would have won Week 17 against the 49ers, the 49ers are sitting at home. But instead, the uh, Rams lose and the 49ers make the playoffs and they end up in the NFC Championship game. And this game basically turned on the fact that the Rams stopped the run. Uh, the two games... Uh, pr- uh, the two games prior, especially the Monday Night Football game, that's where the Debo Samuel in the backfield uh, breakout game happened. They ran all over the Rams, all over them, all around them, all through them. And the, the Rams had no answer. They literally had no answer to the 49ers ground game in the past couple games that these two teams play. But in this game, Debo Samuel, seven carries for 26 yards, 3.7 yards per carry average. Eli Mitchell, 11 carries for 20 yards, 1.8 yards per carry. And the fullback, um, Kyle Jursek, had one carry for zero yards. Debo had four catches for 72 yards. George Kittle had two for 27. And Brandon Ayuk had four for 69. Um, The Rams decided that, you know what? We're going to make Jimmy Garoppolo beat us. We're going to let Jimmy Garoppolo beat us. We don't think he can. If we can stop the 49ers run game, if we can stop them from running the ball on us, we're going to win because we don't think Jimmy Garoppolo can beat us. And sure enough, he couldn't. And that was evident on the 49ers' final drive 
after the Rams took a 20-17 lead, Amos throws an interception on the first play of that drive, and then I don't even know what the hell he was doing. I guess it's Jimmy pulling a Jimmy, as they call it. He just throws it up for grabs, and it gets intercepted, and the Rams are out the clock. You know, congrats to Matthew Stafford, finally getting to the Super Bowl. Never won a playoff game going into the season. Has now won three straight going into the Super Bowl. Cam Akers was just, did just enough on the ground game to force the 49ers to have to respect it. And Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham, great games. 11 for 142 for Cup, 9 for 113 for Odell. And they made big plays, especially on the final drive on the field goal. Cooper Cup made a couple huge plays. And as I said, defensively, the Rams played outstanding. They shut down the run. And they they were, you know, saying, well, Jimmy G, go ahead and beat us through the air. We don't think you can. Kind of the same strategy the Packers used. The only difference is instead of scoring 10 points, the Rams scored 20. And the 49ers were able to score 17, but the Rams scored 20 and got the win. So I will re- I will preview the Super Bowl next week with the Rams and the Bengals. Uh, but at this time, though, congrats to the Rams on hosting the Super Bowl, second year in a row. First time the, the team that hosted the NFC Championship game is also in the, hosting the Super Bowl. That's the first time it's happened. But it's the second year in a row that the host team is playing in the Super Bowl. Now the Rams will be the road team this year, unlike last year, Tampa Bay was the home team, the Rams will be the road team. I like the I like the uniform the Bengals have busted up for it. I haven't seen yet what the Rams are going to be wearing, um, but it should definitely be an interesting game, and I, I'll have that preview for you next week and give you my thoughts on how I think that game is going to go. So, but, and I, I caught some, gr- I caught some sl- uh, slack on this. I caught some grief on this comment on Twitter. But the one thing this NFC Championship game did, though, and not taken away from the 49ers and Rams, it did sting a little bit. Because watching the game, I have a hard time believing that if we saw Packers-Rams for the second time this season, that the game would go any different than the first game. I really don't. And we were... We were... Three very bad plays on special team and two poor decisions on the final drive of the game by Aaron Rodgers from seeing Packers-Rams in the NFC Championship game. I would have loved to see that matchup. Health if AJ, you know, AJ Dillon got hurt in the game, so who knows how the ground game goes. But I like my chances with this Rams team. I really do, and I wish I could have saw it. And unfortunately, we didn't. The Packers couldn't pick up the victory over the 49ers. In some situations, the better team doesn't win. Packers were the better team, but the 49ers held out for the win because they were able to withstand the Packers best with the pack the best that the Packers threw at them on that first drive and ended up winning the game due to some great scouting by the, the 49ers uh, with the Packers special teams and knew exactly what to do to block two kicks, which I've never seen two kicks blocked in the same game before. Um, I've never seen a blocked field goal and a blocked punt happen in the same game, and it happened. And the Packers ended up moving on from uh, Drayton, which 
Did Drayton deserve to be relieved of his duties? Yes. But the annoying thing is, is how many people are like dancing on the grave celebrating the fact that a man lost his job. At the end of the day, a man did lose his job. And we got, you know, we can say, yes, he needed to lose his job. But at the same time, we can be respectful. And we can, we can be respectful. And we can, uh, you know, just say, hey, what was done needed to be done. And move on right there. So with that, um, Talk some Packers, as I just started to, talking about Drayton. Again, congrats to the Rams and the Bengals. It's going to be a great game, and I will preview it next week. But the Packers, fifty about $50 million over the cap, have a number of free agents to figure out what to do with. Um, you have to figure out what to do with Rodgers, figure out what to do with Devontae, figure out what to do with a lot of this team. And there are two articles, one by... Packerwire.com by Zach Krause. Um, he had Kent Ingles, who uh, he likes to he likes to uh, call, credit himself as a salary cap guru. Um, I respect his work. I, I take it with a grain of salt, but I do respect his work. He puts a lot of effort and, and work into what he does. Um, but he he had he did an article involving Ken um, and talking about the different moves that the Packers could make to help with the salary cap issues that the Packers are currently under, $52.2 million over the cap. The other one, and this is one of the reasons why I waited to do my show, because I was waiting for uh, Matt Schneidman from The Athletic to come out with his version of that article from uh, Michael Gianti, who works with Sport Track uh, and a salary cap guru? And he put his stuff together, you know, work together to figure out what the Packers could do in order to navigate the cap and bring Aaron Rodgers back. Um, with Rodgers, they could restructure, add some uh, void years to kick some of that money down the road, and it'll bring his cap number down to 26.1 as opposed to. I think it's forty something million right now, or they can give him an extension, do like a Kirk Cousins type deal, um, but he'll take the minimum, uh, the the least amount in year one, one point one base salary with the cap hit of thirty three million, and then two more years on the contract, and then a couple void years to try to kick that money down a little bit. But in year two and year three. It's going to jump out to $41.7 and $44.7 million cap hit. So you're kind of in the same situation you are right now. I think the Packers bring him back. I think the I think the cap number is going to be different than what he says because Packers are going to do some funny math and get it to work. Um, in Ken's case, in Zach's article, he gave the uh, options of quarterback is – what they could do with Rodgers, it extends him to get some cap flexibility. Um, uh, and they could provide 10 to $15 million in savings and be cap flexible for the March 16th deadline. Um, they could trade Rodgers, which you'd have to hold on to his contract after March 16th deadline, as trades that allowed beforehand. But we could see it happen. Matt Stafford trade, for example, last year. But he had commented that he felt that the Packers would bring Rodgers back. 
um, to save some money. Running back position, you know, Packers are fine there. They don't have to do much. Uh, Schneiman didn't really cover that at all. He jumped into Devontae Adams next. They could franchise tag Devontae Adams, um, or they could sign a multi-year deal for Adams, which sounds like the Packers and Adams are still talking. The multi-year deal will drop his base salary in in 2022 to $1.1 million with a cap hit of $9.1 million. So basically get a pretty nice cap hit uh, in 2022. And it'll, obviously it'll jump in the next few years. Um, but they can start sure to give themselves some uh, cap savings for uh, 2022 with it. Um, Alan Lazard, they can uh, basically just give him a second round tender, which is 3.9 million, or a 2.4 million writer first refuser tender um, to get him back. Talks about Randall Cobb, likely going to be a cap casualty. Uh, Mercedes Lewis, leave alone, likely won't bring back EQ and MVS, which if you bring Adams back, I think you could probably let both of them go. I love EQ and MVS. I'm big fans of them. Um, I'm big fans of EQ and MVS, but I think you could get better production under those positions. Um, We'll see what the Packers can do. Um, probably cut Zadarius Smith and uh, restructure or uh, extend Preston Smith or options there. You can also restructure Zadarius, but I think Zadarius wants to get paid, so I don't think he comes back. Um, plus, I don't really know if I want to give uh, Zadarius an extension anyways. He's turning 30, back issues. I think you're you're potentially very dangerous by bringing um, Zadarius back. Availability is key, and he wasn't available this year. Zadarius Smith was not available this season, and the Packers definitely could have used him. They definitely could have used him in a few games this season to help with Preston and uh, Pre- uh, Rashad Gary. Um, but. I just don't think you bring Zadarius back with the money he's going to demand. Preston Smith, on the other hand, I would bring him back. I would extend him to uh, help out with that money a little bit. Or you can always release him and then sign him to a smaller contract, too, once you get to room. Um, Devondre Campbell, I'm kind of on the fence with him. He did great things in Green Bay. He was a difference maker on this defense, but the problem with Campbell is he hadn't really been an impact player at all until this year in Green Bay. So who is the real Devondre Campbell? Is it the guy who made a lot of plays this season? Or is it the guy who kind of was a journeyman in the NFL prior to this season? Who is the real Devondre Campbell? That's the question, and that's what the Packers got to figure out. Now, I think they should bring him back, but I if he leaves via free agency because somebody throws a boatload of money at him, it, it's going to be painful, but it's okay. I could be fine with that. And Rasul Douglas, he, he's only 26. He's likely going to get a significant raise. If you could pay him to be a depth piece, 6 to $8 million per year is what Schneidman, uh, uh, Giannotti mentioned. 
Um, but he's going to want more than that. And if Douglas wants to pay, uh, chase a big payday, too, after the year he had, that's fine. I'm not going to, you know, it's going to suck seeing Rasul Douglas leave. But it, it may just have to be as much as it's going to be painful. Because you got Eric, Eric Stokes and Jair Alexander um, as your one and two. Is Douglas going to be fine kind of playing that secondary uh, reserve type role after the year, year he had? And then what, who is the real Rasul Douglas? Is it the one we saw in a few games this year in Green Bay? Or is it the one that's kind of bounced around the league? Released by the Texans, out of the Cardinals practice squad, played for the the Panthers before that. Like, who is the real Rasul Douglas? That's going to be the question that the Packers have to figure out. They need to probably extend Elton Jenkins, um, release Billy Smith, uh, uh, Billy Turner, I mean. Release, as I mentioned, release Zadarius Smith, release Billy Turner. uh, Probably release Mason Crosby. And if he wants to come back for cheaper, cool. Um, as I mentioned, Cobb's likely gone. Restructure Kenny Clark. Restructure Aaron Jones. Restructure Preston Smith is what they mentioned in Schneidman's article. And extend Alexander and lower his uh, cap hit down to uh, 6.5, 6.7, rather than what he's due right now. So the Packers can make it work. And he uh, talked about extend Devante, extend Rodgers, tender Lazard. And with everything that I mentioned above, Packers would be $15.3 million under, under the cap and then figure out what to do with Campbell and Cobb and, let, and what to do with Douglas. So they obviously have to be back your punter. Uh, you have your exclusive rights free agents. Uh, and then you also have uh, Nijman to figure out too. And Ken wasn't that much different than uh, – in the Packers Wire article, then Schneidman's article in The Athletic wasn't that different. And either way, I trust that the Packers are going to figure out the right move to uh, make it work and be competitive next year. I want Rodgers back. I want to try to win a Super Bowl next year. Um, I know Rodgers ruffled a lot of feathers this season uh, with what he had to say and do and whatnot, but... I would love Rodgers to come back. You know, we're going to be hearing a lot of rumors coming up with Aaron Rodgers. The, he buying a house in Tennessee, so he's coming to becoming a Titan is one of them um, that's being thrown around. But whatever is going to happen is going to happen. I don't think he's going to leave. I think he is going to stay in Green Bay another at least another year to try to get to the Super Bowl uh again before he decides to move on. With Tom Brady out of the NFC, um, the 49ers are going to be starting over at quarterback. Uh, The Rams have a lot of stuff they have to figure out in order to try to run it back. The Packers can be in prime position to try to win uh, the Super Bowl once again. So that's kind of my thought there on why I want to bring it back. And then finally, um, Brian Flores is suing the league. Suing the Giants, suing the Broncos, suing the Dolphins. And I'm actually going to table this for next week. Because I'm trying to get a guest on to kind of talk about the what it means, the legal ramifications and whatnot. Trying to bring a legal expert in 
um, that knows sports law a lot better than I do because I'm not an expert in sports law. Yeah, I studied some sports law um, when I was doing my undergrad uh, and my, my master's degree in sports management, but I'm not an expert. I don't pretend to be. I'm not an expert in anything. Um, if you're listening to this, Scott, I'm not an expert in anything. I don't pretend to be. Um, I'm definitely not an expert in sports law. I don't study it for a living um, like sports attorneys do. So I'm trying to find uh, a, a sports law expert so I can kind of get an expert opinion on what's going on. And I'm going to do the same with Major League Baseball then as well. So I don't want to take any more time from you. Uh, I've been at this for 30 minutes already. Uh, hope you all have a great rest of your weekend. I will do a live stream next week, Internet willing. And I will preview the Super Bowl as well. Talk about Brian Flores and uh, other stuff as well. You've been listening to Talking Sports with Evan. I hope you all have a great and safe weekend.